Let's see here. We are live with uh, Defending Our Worldview Lesson 3. I think it's Lesson 3. Yes. yes. Yeah, it is Lesson 3. All right. So uh, we got a... Uh, I got a uh, critique of our class. Extraordinarily happy that we're doing this. Um, but a little concerned that the little bit of sparring we had done was pretty wimpy. Okay. So, it's, it, again, we're not trying to argue. We're just trying to, you know, we recognize that someone's in a particular position. They may make a, 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 a comment or something. And we want to have a gentle response that gives them an alternative view. Um, the critique was, well, you're listing out all the things about our worldview and what is actually scriptural as opposed to what they think is scriptural, but you're never really responding to some of the things that, they're, that they could come up with. Uh, the example given was uh, a feminist saying, well, the Bible says such and such. And we respond, well, you know, it could be seen that the creation story demonstrates that women are the pinnacle of creation. Well, that's very cool, says the feminist. But what about such and such? And we respond, but women are the pinnacle. And the feminist responds again, what about such and such? And I think, I think that's a valid criticism. We, we really haven't sparred a lot. Uh, so I was going to make this a sparring evening, um, but then was uh, notified that, of course, um, Gregory is in Tennessee with his family this mm -hmm. week, mm -hmm. and uh, Joshua was traveling to oh, he would, yeah, um, he Florida was for yeah. business, right? right. So... You know, he was going to try and scream his way here from the airport. I'm like, Aah! you know, I gently go right home and see your bride. Yeah. So, uh, so what I'd like to do tonight is, uh, you, you emailed me, right? Yes. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to talk about homosexuality because we did feminism first and then we did toxic masculinity. And now I, I, just, I just think it flows. Let's do homosexuality. Um, and I've got a couple of points to bring up, but uh, no scripture, so um, we'll, we'll just kind of talk through it. And I, and I think that'll be the trifecta of anti-male thought in America. And then next week, we can go ahead and take all three of those hmm. and try and do a little bit of sparring. Uh, and I'll try and reach out to you. Um, electronically and offer you an opportunity to spar and uh, I, th I think instead of saying well you know Joshua you take the feminism position and argue against your father that, that's a little awkward so uh, you know and Joshua uh, Josiah you might you may have a little bit of trouble um, dealing with toxic masculinity and arguing against Joe because he's so much older than you. And I don't want you to feel that kind of pressure. So my plan is I'll give you a point that you should be prepared to argue from our worldview. And again, the argument would simply be gentle statements. Have you considered? Did you know that? And so on. And everybody will argue against me. I'm actually rather curious as to... Um where and how, to what extent we're planning to go with that because the more we stage the argument, the more the side that is worried about our arguments not being as thorough as they should, or as I should say, our discussion not being as thorough as it should be is that one person could never be prepared for any just one point and in any discussion, it would never be one point that would be brought up. Exactly right. You're exactly right. Um, and you saw that in our first lesson, where I was um, 
debating, arguing, discussing with Joshua Spurlock. And uh, he asked a question, I made a point, he responded, I made another point, and then he responded, and then I slam dunked him, and I feel really good about it. Um, we're never going to be able to exhaust the issue. And I think it's important to, to point out that someone who wants to believe what they believe will never be satisfied with your responses. Uh, which is why I, I want to focus on not a debate, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but rather a comment, simply a comment that would cause that other person to maybe give them a moment of pause, maybe to change their mind. Um, we go back and forth two, three times. I think we're, we're about done, right? Because I'm thinking the tomato aisle. That's what I want to do. We're standing in Harris Teeter. You're about to grab cucumbers. I'm going to grab tomatoes. We're right next to each other. I sense something, so I say something about your being offended. <clears throat> I'm just using this as an example. So I say something about uh, being effeminate and uh, hope that you would respond so that I could then respond back. I don't know that we're looking at more than maybe one or two back and forth responses. Does that make sense? It does. I, I think it's wise. You know, we're not here to argue. We're not here to debate. You know, we could get in a debating club and do that. But, um, more than that is, is likely that the person is like what you were describing a moment ago. They're more interested in the argument yeah. than they are yeah. the truth. And, and I think the, the, the recent news shows have demonstrated that those kind of folks want to be loud, boisterous, confrontational, mm -hmm. you know, and, and be noticed. Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, we get some cameras and stuff. I'm, I'm not in any way interested in that. Um, I want to be that voice of uh, conscience. Just a little thing that's absolutely non-confrontational that they can listen to and say, you know, he didn't have an agenda. He didn't have a win that he was going to get, and nobody heard what he said but me. I think that's got great value. Mm -hmm. So, if anything, we want to be able to give a response back to four weeks, five weeks. We were meeting that. Back a month and a half ago, when when you were talking about, I'm on a, I'm on quote unquote the college campus. I'm I'm in the fray now, and I'm getting questions, and the answers are difficult. So that's what we're looking at. Okay, we're good. All right. So homosexuality. I give you a couple of uh, quick points here on defending our worldview. So I just wanted to kind of give you some facts, and then I'd like to hear what you think our worldview is, as opposed to me just sharing that. Um, before political correctness jumped in in our world, and uh, the guys here with the gray hair know that uh, before there was political correctness, homosexuality in general, male, female, whatever, was designated or called or perceived to be deviant behavior. Now that's not a negative thing, that's not a, a slam. That means that we have this broad brush of normal behavior by a vast and overwhelming majority of the population and anything that deviates from that whether it's a brilliant man like Einstein, Einstein, or it's a homosexual, would be deviant. So deviant could be good or bad. We don't know. But it was deviant. Behavior. Second fact, less than 2% of the American population, less than 2%, is homosexual. Is that today? That is today. And that's astonishing to me. Because I would have thought it would be 10, 15, 20 percent. You'd, you'd think, looking at the popular media, that darn near everybody's homosexual and I'm the only guy who's not. You know, shocker. 
um, but it's less than two percent. Then, of course, uh, uh, the latest uh, thing here, this gender dysphoria, gender dysphoria. So I hope you notice that I'm not using any of the terms that the world has chosen to use for these things that make it seem okay. Because words matter. You know, if you're gay, that sounds almost happy. Because gay used to mean happy. But if you're homosexual, then we know exactly where you're coming from. Okay. So gender dysphoria, or those that, uh, as the culture would put today, are transgender, meaning they have been born, designed, and birthed by God as one gender, and they are identifying or perceiving that they ought to be the other gender. Yes, it's a dichotomy. I see two genders, as does God. But it's interesting. I've never met anyone with gender dysphoria who wants to be an it. They just want to be what they're not. It's interesting, I think. But anyway, I digress. The number of Americans that are gender dysphoric is less than four-tenths of one percent. What that means is that out of a hundred Americans that you just grab off the street, not one of them would be gender dysphoric. You would need 200 Americans it's done. And you still would not have one who's gender dysphoric. If you grabbed 400 Americans, you may find one person gender dysphoric. This, of, of course, would also be uh, classified years ago as deviant behavior. So I bring to your attention, before you tell me what our worldview is, that Idaho, the state of Idaho, has been ordered by the courts to pay somewhere between twenty and thirty thousand, twenty and thirty thousand dollars to pay for transgender surgery for a convicted child molester. You and I should pay for that, Joe. What do you think about that? Don't answer now. The governor of Idaho has refused to do so, and he does not want taxpayer dollars to pay for this. I can go on and on. I had 30, 40 different news articles and realized, you know, this is a waste of our time. <laughs> so I'm going to open it up with my buddy Scott. You and I never talked about this. We never wrestled with this. What's your take on the homosexual when you meet them? Um, I'm reminded of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who said that uh, he was praying that men would be judged by their character and not the color of their skin. Would you jump in and take that a step further and, and say that you'd hope that they'd be judged by their character and not their sexual orientation? Well, sure, absolutely. And there, it, there's no reason to be judging somebody by uh, these, these other factors that are not character-based. I had a, an employee who worked for me in San Francisco mm -hmm. um, who was homosexual okay. and had, was uh, in an active relationship with, mm -hmm. you know, with another man. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I treated him just like I did all of my other employees because he, you know, was a good worker. You know, valued his contributions. Uh, you know, was a good producer and and so on. There's no reason to to treat him any differently because he performed in his job responsibilities as he should have. Does anybody have a problem with that? No. Are we no. we we're all on track. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You younger guys. You you okay there? So. It's not that you don't treat him differently, you just don't agree with what choices he has made. Josiah, I can tell you right now that I don't agree with some of the choices you've already made. How old are you? 21? 
Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. So you've got plenty of time to make new choices. I don't agree with some of your choices. Have I told you what they are? But have I told you already? No, of course not. I would probably talk to your father before I talk to you. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I'm using it as an example. It doesn't matter, right? You're, you're a man of God, and you're studying the scripture, and you're trying to do the best you can. I see you honor your parents. You honor me when you come in. What, what do I have to argue with? I mean, if you've made some choices, and they don't affect me, I would be out of place if I even brought that up. Now, if your father would raise some of these issues with me, and he and I are talking, it still wouldn't be between you and I. You would need to be a man outside of your father's purview. And if you came to me and said, hey, I've done this, this, and this, and I disagreed, I think you know. I wouldn't hesitate a second to tell you what I think. Yeah, yeah. Or, or if you observed behavior that was that that could be damaging or harmful to the community, I would bring it would, to his attention. Right. Exactly right. right. And I would also argue, if I saw you doing something as I have, that is uplifting to the community and a great role model to some of the other younger people, as I've done, I will pull you aside and tell you that. In fact, I won't pull you aside, I'll tell you publicly and you'll get all blushy and all that. All right, thanks for that. But and just to, to take those two points a little bit further, Yeah. privately with something that, that needs to be addressed because you desire to, to bring about correction. Sure and not embarrassment. Sure, and because I care. And because you care. Publicly with the positive, because you not only want to lift him up himself, yes. you want others to, to see, see a positive example. A positive example. For sure, right. absolutely for sure. Now, you bring up a good point that normally with the homosexual, they're, they're not in our Torah community and, and probably not in our circle um, of social stuff. But in a business environment, forget the homosexuality. If the employee is doing something right or wrong, to your point, mm -hmm. you've either got to correct privately or praise publicly. Mm -hmm. One of the mm -hmm. one of the two. Sure. If, you know, and I would hope that sexual orientation is is never brought up. Um, I want to share why I think it would be brought up in just a moment. I Joshua. I clarify something. No. Changed it, so. I love it when I, when I clarify. Uh, so I've met people and they've, uh, they've shaken my hand and the first thing out of their mouth when they meet me is, I'm gay. Now, I really have a problem with And I don't have a problem with the fact that they're a homosexual. That's not the problem. The problem is that they have chosen to make their identifying number one feature the fact that they're a homosexual. I shake Joe's hand. He says, I'm from Kentucky. Well, God bless you, man. You're from <laughs> Kentucky. That's wonderful, you know. I, I shake uh, Josiah's hand. He says, I'm adopted. Great! If that's the number one thing you want to tell me, that's great too. Tell your dad thanks. To me, I would much rather you project a different perspective of who you are and what you want me top shelf to know and remember about you. I remember when I met Alex. And, I, you know, maybe I'm, I'm, maybe I'm forward. Maybe I'm from New York, maybe. But, and we weren't, we weren't together for, you know, maybe two, three minutes. And I asked him, how'd you lose that arm? And he said, well, you know, it's a birth thing. And, you know, but well, we're done with that now. We've, you know, the elephant in the room. The guy's, you know, 
got one arm shorter than the other. I know he's got two arms. I made that mistake before. <laughs> um, but I want to raise that. I want to. I wanted to know what what are we dealing with here? Anyway, did we have an accident. Could be a motorcycle. Well, you know what's the deal here? But we're beyond that. We haven't talked about that since that day. We have so much in common. The fact that he's, one, he's got one arm shorter than the other is completely irrelevant. Never comes up. I just handed this guy a brand new pistol when he got here. And he's racking a slide and looking at it, and he loves it. It's a great pistol, isn't it? Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> okay. My point is that when, when two people meet, you have the opportunity to express yourself as whomever or whatever you want to be. That may be disproven, disproven over time. That would be sad, but who are you? I'm an American. I'm a veteran. I'm Italian. I'm an Italian-American. I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a Torah keeper. These are the things I want to share with you over time. In the beginning, I just want you to remember my name is Joseph. You know, don't call me Joe. That was my dad. I get, you know, I feel weenie-ish when you call me Joe. You, you get where I'm coming from? Yeah. All right. Josh. I would um, play the part of the other side. Yeah. I would argue that the people who would come up and introduce you, to, uh, introduce themselves to you in that fashion, have probably received some sort of um, judgment mm -hmm. from past experience. And the reason they do that is because they will expect to try and identify as to whether you are either sympathetic, mm -hmm. neutral, mm -hmm. or right, against you. Yeah, I get it. Now, I like, I like where you're coming from. And I think that may probably be for younger people, sure, um, that are a little... Uh, insecure? Yeah, insecure. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think I could see that happening. So what's the right response, Joshua? How do, how do we respond to somebody who says, Hey, my name's George, I'm gay. What, what, what should be the right response? Now, again, this is not a personal thing. What's the worldview? So let's stop while we give Joshua a chance to noodle on that. And I just want to stop and look at worldview now. What do we think about homosexuality? What does God's Word say about that? And what's our worldview with, pers with respect to that? I only wrote down one thing. What do you think I wrote down, Josiah? Um, just generally. About homosexuality. That it is immoral and God says no. That's almost verbatim. I wrote down that God forbids it and it carries the death penalty. Really? I'm sorry? I didn't yeah, you should not allow him to live. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> um, so there doesn't appear to be a whole lot of gray area there. Scott, what's, what's the worldview with regard to homosexuality? Did I miss anything? What, what's, the, what's our, our worldview? World no, I mean, that's, I don't think there's anything more that needs to be said there. Okay. I mean, that, uh, you pulled from the Torah. Correct. Right? Um, Paul says they don't have a place in the world to come. Which is shocking. He goes further. Um, to say that even the effeminate, those who act or continuously mm -hmm. uh, act in, what, a, in an effeminate way. Lifestyle man. Like, yes. Say, yeah. Also don't have a place in the world to come. I mean, it, it's a big deal mm -hmm. to him, evidently. Um, so you guys in the cheap seats, are we missing anything? Or is this where you're coming from? Do you see that as the worldview? Yes. That's our worldview. Our worldview. Yes. Right. Our yes, world I think view. I should express our worldview, yeah. not the worldview, because the worldview is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no I get yeah, no. okay. uh, it. Uh, all worldview comments are always just <laughs> to us. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let, me, let me just kind of um, do weird stuff here. Um, I bet Alex loves disco dancing. So I'm, I'm not a disco dancer, right? So if he's a disco dancer, and I'm like, I'm 
Disco dancing is bad, wrong, sinful, horrible. You could burn in hell for doing disco dancing. Make a note of that. Do, do they know what disco They probably is? don't even know what disco dancing is. <laughs> Good point, Jones. <laughs> so does that have to have any bearing on our relationship? I mean, can, can I still spend time with, enjoy spending time with, and do activities with Alex, even though, God forbid, he's a disco dancer? What's our worldview? Maybe it's an opportunity to minister. An opportunity to minister. Okay. Okay. Let's just take it a, a step further to see if you can stay in that same edge of the swimming pool. So Alex is, I'm just going to pick on Alex because he's man enough to take all this stuff. Um, so Alex, Alex is a drunkard. He gets drunk every day, wakes up, smells like alcohol, can barely stand up, and he goes to work, and it's horrible. It's destroying relationships. He's probably going to lose his job. Can I still have a, a good relationship with Alex? Spend some time together doing fun things. Talk about politics. Have a sandwich together. I would say yes, but it's also we have a responsibility to bring that to light. Okay. And I'm assuming you're thinking and saying that even though Alex may not be part of the community, has not expressed any faith in God, he's just a regular guy. So why do you feel compelled, and I agree with you, why do you feel compelled to try and change Alex's life? What's that motivation, Joe? Give it to me. What are you doing? Loving somebody else. Why would you love a stranger? What's your motivation? Hmm. Caught you looking? <laughs> hmm. I'd argue Ephesians 2. You got a Bible handy? Is that in English? Are we all going to understand? Just checking. I thought it might be German. Ephesians chapter 2. And I'm going to say, we saw right at the top, right? Yeah. Ephesians chapter 2. Yes, sir. Well, you're going to have to speak up so everybody can hear. Joe is hard of hearing, you know. He's getting old. <clears throat> and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince, the power of the air, and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom... We all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were like nature, children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with Him, and seated us with Him in the heavenly places. Messiah Yeshua, so that in the coming ages he might show immeasurable riches, riches in his, I'm sorry, of his grace in kindness towards us in Yeshua Messiah. That'll work. So maybe that's a motivator. You want to be like God, not in a bad way, but emulating him and reaching out and showing care and concern for somebody else. Yes. And I can't agree more. I think that's, that's a great motivator. So shove it down your throat or yelling at you and saying, you're a drunkard and you're going to burn in hell. I don't really think that's going to bear a lot of fruit, um, quite frankly. And if, if the guy really does have a hangover, he's really going to be upset that you're screaming at him. I know you haven't experienced that yet, but yeah. God willing and by his grace, you won't. So, if our worldview is clearly, this is bad, this is wrong, this is, I'm going to use the S word, this is a sin. What should our response be? stay as far away from such evil or 
trying to put an end to it. Trying to help them to follow the right path. Okay. I would argue against the first one. I, I think that's a, um, what do you call it? Um, a normal church doctrine uh, play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's problematic. I, I think that if we are to shun all those who sin, we will become so heavenly minded that we are no earthly good. The master spent more time with sinners than he did with saints. So I would argue that it it is these people, and I'm not trying to say they're these people like they're problematic or anything. I think everybody that the master brings across our path is an opportunity for us to learn and to teach. And in some cases, you know, I get to learn more. In other cases, I get to teach more. But there doesn't need to be any judgment. Who am I to judge? If you're a homosexual, is that a problem for me? Or is that a problem for you? That's not a problem for me. Why is it a problem for you? Because I'm probably not going to end up in heaven if I continue such behavior. I, th- I think God's going to have a little problem with you, and that's got nothing to do with me. The thing is, I like I understand what you're thinking, but you also have to consider that anyone who's made that choice has already in their even if it's somehow, and it is most unlikely inadvertently, is has already rejected the, the Bible. You think so? It's there not- are churches on the planet today that have absolutely no problem with homosexuality as a lifestyle Mm. and will ordain ministers, both male and female, that are homosexuals. I would argue that one. I think they're being led down a primson path that they're led to believe they don't have a problem with God and God doesn't have a problem with that. Mm. What say you? No, that's exactly right. It's the 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 message of the of the broader church in general has become so diluted and so interested in inclusion, just like reflecting the world itself, that it is willing to overlook sin in in, very, in various love. forms. In the name of love, that's exactly in the name right. of love. Yeah, right. That's right. Right. I have family who is a homosexual uh, married couple now and my cousin she said you know Alex the hardest part that I had was finding a church that would accept us Mm. and I didn't have any response but internally I said I'm sorry that you did that's what I was thinking and my second response was why do you even care what the church thinks well that's that's the Joshua's point you'd think that you you had already rejected that stuff why do you care Mm -hmm. But deep down, they do care. They do care. Right. They do. And even though they're willing to go down the path of lifestyle, there's, I find it interesting that even in those who are going down a path of total sin, there is still always the urge, the desire to hold on to something in the Lord. I agree. And, uh, and that oftentimes in our walk, and I'm sure over the next few years you're going to see this, People just want to spend time with you. People just want you to be in their lives. You're, you're that vestige of hope, you know? All right, let's, let's turn the corner for a second now. Um, and help me, because this, this part's tough. I want to move from faith and biblical mandate to Americanism. I want to turn to the Constitution of the United States. I want to turn to legality. So let me let me tee it up by saying, so do you think that homosexuals should be able to get married? You say no. You say? I say that if we're talking you know, it's a yes or no question right now. We can come back for explanation. 
throwing faith and moral standards under the bus. Yes. Mr. Archie. No. No. Alex. Personally or based off the Constitution? Constitutionally, legally. Constitutionally, I would say yes. Joe. I would say no. Nice. Let me let me get let me get the numbers. <laughs> no, no. I think we did no. every other one. Three against three. I love it when it happens. All right. So I would so argue you believe that they should be able to absolutely without question. Mm-hmm. Absolutely without question. I have a real problem with John Calvin. What did John Calvin do? Anyway. I have no idea. John Calvin ensured that in the Protestant faith, the government was involved in matters of faith. John Calvin is the one who made sure that in our country, you had to get a marriage license from the government in order to be married. So let's just take a step back. I won't spend a lot of time legally and on American uh, constitutionality, but here's the deal. You need a license from the government to do anything that is otherwise against the law. Joshua, I, I, I wonder, oh no wait, you're on my side. Josiah, I just wonder, do you think it should be against the law? For a man and woman who are absolutely not only in love, have their parents' blessing, the church's blessing, and want to marry, do you think that they should have to go to the government and ask permission to do so? Hmm. And do you think they did that in the wilderness when they left Egypt? I'm trying to build this up as best I can. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like it's entrapment. Yes. I'm trying. I'm trying. Do you want to call for a lifeline or, or should we, you know? Should they? Do you think they should have to ask the government for permission to do something that's otherwise illegal? Getting married. <laughs> oh, you can't stand under the hoopla. You don't have the government's permission to do so because to do so without their license means it's illegal. You wouldn't drive a car without a license, would you? No, no because it's illegal to do so. It's illegal to drive a car without a license. So what do you what do you say on that marriage license thing? I'm not entirely sure that they should have, have to. to good but since it is a law then you must, then you must. <laughs> I hate that but it's true isn't it I'm sure that you're thinking about John Calvin now too good yes sir if it wasn't a time where it would cause so much turmoil in America, yeah. I would actually wonder if you could argue that that law that you have to have a license to get married could be argued as unconstitutional. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you 100%. Um, unfortunately, it's built in from the beginning, right? Um, my point in that was when we ask if homosexuals should be able to marry, is this a matter of faith? Or government? Government. Sure. I mean, the argument was always, I can't get married. We should be able to get married. We should have the freedom like everybody else. They do. They always did. It wasn't the church. Because there's plenty of churches that would marry. It was money. Yeah, it turns out that Mr. Martin and I get a pretty good tax break because we can file jointly married. And our taxes are lower because our government decided early on that marriage households with fathers were good not only for the economy but good for the 
social order. And therefore, they incented us economically. Big mistake! <laughs> so what do they really want? It's not that they want to be able to get married. They want to have the, the benefits of being married from the government. I would say that's an assumption. I would have to say I've never had a homosexual couple argue against that with me. But, you know. Um, so, bottom line, can they get married? Sure, they always could. They always could. People in South Carolina have been getting married for hundreds of years. You know, just, just by, you know, living together for a little while. It's called common law marriage. But not if you're homosexual. All right. So, on this topic, I think it's important to separate our faith worldview from the issues going on politically in our country. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. have, I, have I made it clear, right? Um, so, I don't have any problem standing up for equal rights before the law, government, with a homosexual who wants the ability to have the same tax breaks as me. Do I agree with his lifestyle or her lifestyle? Of course not. Do I think that they should be living like this? Of course not. But if we're starting to talk legality now and American civil law, I'm an American through and through. And constitutionally, we should not be dividing Americans by who they are, what they do, or anything like that. It's just absolutely important to what our Constitution says. All men are created equal and are endowed by God with certain unalienable rights. Life, liberty, and not happiness, by the way, if you're not happy, you paddle your own canoe. <laughs> it's the pursuit of happiness. Which, by the way, according to Galatians, starts with contentment and godliness. Great game there. Mm -hmm. Our founding father spoke wisely in wording it that way. Amazing men. Truly amazing men. And, uh, yeah. So let's talk about the Constitution for a moment. Because um, I think we need to bring this, we, we took it offline to the Constitution and, and government, right? So I think we need to bring it back to faith and the Bible. Um, so to do that, I would, I would argue that um, the Constitution is a living document that is able to sustain a government, um, has provisions for purposeful changes that are voted on by a majority, uh, actually a supermajority. Um, either through a constitutional uh, convention or uh, actually two-thirds of voters of Congress and then two-thirds of a vote of the, of the state. So, I mean, it's not, it's not easy to do, but it can be done. Mm -hmm. um, so, so how do we feel about the, the Bible? Um, I, I believe that the Constitution... Um, while a living document being able to deal with differences of culture does not need to change in order to be valid and uh, useful uh, in a specific time. What do we think about the Bible? Well, in terms of separation of church and state, there no, are no, no, no. I mean, the Bible with regard to is it a living document? Does it change? And how does it keep up with the times, Alex? I mean, in terms of conflicting with our current government standards, or the with, or or with culture, culture. Yeah, when the society says, you know, um, back then it was a real problem for homosexuals, mm -hmm. but now it's not. So. You know, even though it says that man shall not lie with man, man really, man really can mm -hmm. lie with man. How, how do we deal with that? Is it a, is it a, I mean, there's three 
choices, right? Either it's an old dead document that's far beyond its time. Mm -hmm. That's where Josiah is, I think. Um, or it's an old document that needs to be updated mm -hmm. on a routine basis, and, and we failed to do that recently. Interpreted, maybe? Or it needs to be interpreted in light, in light of our of, culture right. as we are now, right? I mean, it, or God's Word is designed to describe the human condition, which doesn't change. If you were the guy in the garden, we'd be host. Mm -hmm. If you were the guy in the garden, we're without hope. Every one of us in that position would choose knowledge over innocence. Mm -hmm. yeah. We do it every day. We do it all the time. So is it a timeless document? And if it is, how are you dealing with today's situation. Well, I agree it's a timeless document. Okay. And so I it's not an old fogey thing that correct. we need to throw out. But again, as you point out, it's applicable to me, mm -hmm. my household, mm -hmm. um, and not necessarily to anyone else. Okay. Um, that I, you're, I you're, you're exactly right where I want you to go. Mm -hmm. What's that next step, though? Um, I get it. It's applicable to you because you choose for it to be applicable to you. You've chosen to live under these rules and under his guardianship and so forth. I get that. and That's cool. And I love it. And I agree with you. Me too. But what about everybody else? It's, it's more than just it doesn't apply to them. Help, help me work through that. Well, you have to consider that America is a sovereign nation and that anyone... With me, regardless of faith, anyone who chooses to be an American citizen has chosen to accept under upon themselves the responsibility of following the law of the Constitution. Absolutely. But to the Bible now, he's talking about the Bible. So we've got the Constitution. So what's your responsibility to the guy who doesn't agree with you and has not put himself under the Torah? Where do we where do we go? What's what, what are the laws, if you will, that, that govern our conduct? That If we've got the Constitution to govern our conduct legally before the, the government that God has put over us, what, what are we looking at with regard to our obligation to the guy who doesn't put himself under the, the book of law? What, what well, it's just like what, what Joe was saying, I think, a few minutes ago. Is that our obligation is to simply demonstrate love. We, and we don't loving need to be the stranger judged. is the number one commandment by repetition. It is given more times than any other commandment that you would love the stranger. Did you know that? More than even keeping the Sabbath. Hmm. In fact, it, it would almost be inappropriate for us to be judgmental against them. Wow. Because they haven't chosen to live under the authority of God's word in the first place. So do you, do you think that do you think that people who don't believe what you believe would ever think that you or I or the rest of us here would think or say that? I think that is absolutely not only true, but an enigma mm -hmm. to everybody else. Mm -hmm. They, they have no idea, unless we act that way, right. mm -hmm. right. that, hey, I've chosen to do this. If you haven't, well, you know, the, the Bible actually speaks to you. But, yeah, and, which is your choice to make. Sure. As long as you're willing to, or by, make, by making that choice, you have chosen also to live with the consequences. Sure. So, eat, drink, and be merry for? Tomorrow we die. Boom. There it is. So, if, if we're out there pounding the drum and shouting at people and saying, your lifestyle is an abomination to God and you're going to burn in hell, while that may be true, it's not a really good way to win friends, influence people, or make an impact on your society. It reminds me of um, uh, an, an evangelistic approach that we 
that we worked through uh, 20 years ago, where the um, the approach was not um, to to drive into the center the fact that they are a center. The 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 approach was help them understand that they have a condition, and with the condition comes a need for the remedy. And without the remedy comes they the won't. conclusion. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> many years ago, Scott and I would take Sunday mornings, and instead of going to church, we would be the church at the uh, Sweet Union Flea Market and hold out $20 bills and coerce people to just give us a, a moment to consider eternity. Yeah, we've got big money here. And if you could just pass the good test, we'll hand you the 20. Now, back back then, I didn't have a lot of money, and I actually had to borrow my 20 from, from Scott. But, <laughs> you know, um, bottom line is we had, uh, we had big, big, big ornery bikers and frail people and, and whatnot that would stop. Mm -hmm. And here, you know, um, let's just use the Ten Commandments, you know. Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever, you know, lusted after a woman? Have you, you know, have you ever stolen anything, even a pencil? Oh, well, there goes the 20, you know, we'll put that away. And, uh, it was all designed to help them see themselves from God's, from God's perspective. Have you ever told a lie? What does that make you? Liar. A liar. After a lesson after a woman, what does that make you? Adulterer. An adulterer at heart. Yeah. You know, and and helping them to understand and see from God's perspective who they are, as opposed to me telling you who you are. Yeah. Uh, it, it was powerful. It, it was. We had you know, like just the, the, the big tough bikers who would you would think would try to eat you alive in those things and would walk away. <laughs> You're tearing with, up and going, Yeah, I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. I know it. But anyway, um, if there's anything that I want us to come away with tonight, and, and I think uh, I think we've used our time up here, um, it, it's it's that it's perfectly acceptable to hold the worldview that we have with regard to homosexuality, transgenderism, tra you know, gender euphoria, euphoria, dysphoria. Um, for them, it's not easier for you. Um, gender dysphoria, and so on. It's it's perfectly acceptable for them to hold those views because we are not God. If they want to know what God thinks, we can tell them what He said, not necessarily what He thinks. But if we're, as you've pointed out, if we're if we're demonstrating love and not condemnation, we can at least have a conversation. I just want to point out two things. Just because you love somebody doesn't mean you accept their lifestyle. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if they have a lifestyle that's not conducive to your belief system, you can be friendly, but not friends. And there's nothing wrong with that. You bet. Because you bet. light and darkness cannot coexist. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, I take a lot of people to the pistol range to teach them how to shoot. I have a lot of homosexual clients that want to know how to how to protect themselves and protect their loved ones. Now, whether their loved ones are, are their homosexual partners is completely irrelevant to me. They want to protect themselves. Who am I to say, you know, your lifestyle is just inappropriate for me to spend any time with you? My, your lifestyle is inappropriate for me to try and help you protect yourself? What a horrible thing to even think let alone say to someone so so the baker who refuses to make the cake for the homosexual couple who wants to be married with his cake right is acting in a manner that we would say would be inappropriate I would I would argue I, and I would only argue to say for me to make that cake as the baker would 
express public support for that type of lifestyle. And that I'm not willing to do. You may be willing to do that, but I'm not willing to do that. So I can't make that cake for you. I don't have any problem with drawing that line and saying, we're not talking now about your actions and your beliefs. We're talking about mine. Mm. And I would, I would draw the line and say, I can't do that for you. I can recommend, as he did, mm -hmm. several other bakers right. that would make cakes for you. Um, but I, I personally can't because that would be publicly proclaiming that I don't Support. have a problem yet or I'm supporting your lifestyle and you already know that I don't. So I, I would I'd, uh, be there. Same thing with the florist, right? Um, we want flowers for our sexual way. I, I, I can't do that. You know, this is not a legal thing. This is strictly a, I'm joining myself with you. It's where you were coming from. You know, as long as I don't participate in what you're doing, you know, we can be fine. Friendly, but not friends kind of thing. Um, at least that's, that's where I'm at. Are you the same deal? No, or, I, can, I, can, I can see that. The, the, the other side is uh, that I'm being, uh, that I'm condemning. I'm coming across as condemning instead of Supportive. Simply, well, no, I don't want to. I don't want to be supportive. Well, but it's I hard for you not to. to be supportive if, on the bottom of the um, wedding, you know, thing says, you know, Catered the program by. says, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, this cake was proudly made by so and so baker who supports our wedding and has provided this cake. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I you can, you can take that. Yeah, you can take that a little further than I would intend. Sure, I don't. I don't condone your behavior. However, you're no different than the next person You're a paying who walks customer, off, I'll make walks it in off the street. Yeah. Right. I could see the, that. You know, it's the same thing. You know, how do you, where do you draw the line there? What about yeah. the couple who's and, living together and, in sin? Sure. And, and wouldn't that be, would, would you agree, a personal line? Sure. Right? Mm -hmm. The world is still there. Right. So you can choose to, to deal with that in whatever way you would. Mm -hmm. um, um, and I like, I like your perspective. I hadn't thought about it. But sure, just saying, hey, you're a paying customer. I'll take your money to make the cake. I, I need you to recognize, and you probably already know, since I'm known as a Christian baker, that I don't agree with your lifestyle. Right. The, I'm, I'm only going there because you're from the same, the same approach that I took with my employee. Right. It's very easy for them, for others, he or others, to read into sure. my approach to them that sure. I don't have a problem with exactly. the lifestyle. Exactly. And it, same with me with a paid customer to learn pistol marksmanship, right? You know, I obviously don't have a problem with it, you know, and, and so forth. Sure. Um, I, I guess there's a, a personal component that needs to go in there to kind of get a box around it. Mm -hmm. And um, to your point, probably just a private box to say, hey, um, sure. Um, that kind of deal. Now the law, oddly enough, has sided with the baker, mm -hmm. but did not side with the florist. Right. Because there were other legal complications yep. that had to do with the physical law of our land with regard to um, religious freedom and so forth. So, mm -hmm. comment? So, for the benefit You of need to speak louder so the guy over here can hear it. For the benefit of our listeners. Yes. Um, Without a personal, being able to explain a personal component, if you were to define our worldview and make a decision, help other, I mean, this is to try and show others how we make our decisions based upon our worldview, what would be a baseline decision? Could you make one? Should I make a baseline decision? Not should you, could you could make I? a baseline decision? Not involving a personal factor, but. Well, I, I think. Uh... I'll just jump in. I mean, unless you guys want to jump in, um, I would say clearly, it is not ambiguous in any way, shape, or form. God does not approve of, condone in any way, homosexual behavior. Therefore, I don't. For that which is under my purview, an employee, I don't think, comes under that purview. Right, um, 
And I would be, I would only have a problem with a homosexual employee if it was his habit to announce the fact that he has sex with the same sex, or the same gender. I have a problem with that. I don't, I don't think there's any reason for you to, I don't know how you're, who you're having sex with, we're hoping nobody right now, but that, that, I mean, it's just a personal thing that has absolutely nothing to do with me. There's way too much information that I didn't need, and whether you're a homosexual or a heterosexual, it's inappropriate to stop talking about it. And if my employee, homosexual or heterosexual, cannot abide by that, they have no place with me. That, that's just a common, that's just workplace appropriateness. There's yes. no reason for the homosexual to be correct. promoting the life. Just or like there's no reason for the heterosexual mm -hmm. to be boasting of their exploits over the weekend. Exactly. And telling me what, you know, what happened over the it's weekend is completely it's irrelevant in yeah. what we're here to do. Wouldn't do that. Um, does that mean that my personal interactions with people are limited by their worldview? The answer to that, I hope, and I think most people that are listening to this and know me would know, that's definitely not an issue. Mm -hmm. I, I want to talk to, deal with anybody on any topic, especially the Second Amendment. Um, I don't care what your sexual orientation is or whether you take drugs, you drink too much, you don't drink anything, you know, a teetotaler, um, communist, socialist, doesn't matter. I want to talk. And those, those issues have absolutely no bearing. Does that make sense? So... I think that brings it around to does the difference between employee and employer make a difference? Because in the case of the baker at the forest, people, you are, it is you who's being employed, right? Well, mm -hmm. with the with both the baker and the florist, this was strictly a, a contractual work agreement. Would you do this for me? Would you bake this cake? Would you make this flower arrangement? Merchant and customer. You, merchant customer. It's, customers, it's, yeah, it's not em, employer so, employee. Okay, so it's not if you accept a payment in a, if you do a deal with someone to do certain work for them in exchange for a certain amount of money. That's not being employed. Correct. That's merchant. Yeah, that's okay. selling. That's called capitalism, and it's a great thing. Um, so, so for me to have a super relationship with the homosexual man and potentially his partner who are planning to get married, in our worldview is no problem at all. I would have a personal problem if those two people had no idea what your worldview was. So let's make that clear, right? Because mm -hmm. I mean, if you're just hiding under a bushel, you're no good to the world, right? Um, so to have a friendly relationship and a hello and how are you and you know you go shoot pool whatever it is you want to do it's I I don't have any problem with that from our from our worldview. But you want me to do something that I'm going to have to publicly proclaim support for what you're doing, I can see why the baker would have had a problem. Scott wouldn't have had a problem. Now reflecting on what he said, I wouldn't have had a problem. Um, I probably would have put some caveats. Like mm -hmm. you're probably thinking, hey, um, I don't need, nor do I desire, nor will I allow any publicity for the fact that I did this for you. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this because you're a great people, you're a great customer, you're paying me great money, mm -hmm. and you know I'm happy to celebrate with you that you're getting married. But I, I don't need, uh, I, I, part of my terms with you is that there will be no reference to the fact that we the did. Fact that, yeah, where yeah. you got to. Exactly right. I, I, I like that. I think that's that That doesn't draw that hard line in the sand. Well, I, I really like you as a friend, but not when I need to get involved with you. you know, and I get that. Um, uh, that's, that's a tough line to, to draw. I disagree with both of you guys, but I see where you're coming from yeah. in that aspect. And but I'm again, not going to judge you as a brother. Sure, sure. But I, I think it's a personal thing, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to draw the personal line. I mean, we start with worldview. Our perspective is their lifestyle is wrong. Period. There's there's no gray area there in the in the Word of God. But how we deal with that, and how we maintain relationships and so forth, I get it. Um, 
I don't know that there's a right or wrong on this side of uh, eternity. But uh, the Master's focus was on loving the sin, um, but not participating in the sin. And I think we can do that by making a cake, making some flowers. I think we can also do that by drawing that line and sitting down and saying, hey, you've gotten to know me. You know I can't pick that cake. Mm-hmm. I get it. I can do it. I can mm-hmm. do it alone. So. All right, final comments. Are you okay? Do you agree and disagree? You're just sucking it all up and just contemplating. Yeah. Okay, good. Good. Joe, comments? I think I'm all good. Yeah. Alex? Yeah. As no? always, thank you for this. Good discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You good? Well, Senora, I may not agree with your lifestyle, but would you pray for us? <laughs> Happy to. Father, we uh, thank you that you have um, have put us in the world for the purpose of being your light here. We pray, Father, that in the things that we do, in the things that we say, we would always reflect what the Master would do or say. Mm-hmm. Yes, we pray all these things in his name and because of our relationship with him. Amen. Amen. Okay, so for anybody who's listening online, as well as for everybody sitting here, next week we will spend time simply discussing and trying to provide a gentle answer to alternative positions. I'll do my best to uh, um, hold the... Uh, off worldview view. I may uh, ask uh, another man to, to do the same um, to help me out, but uh, your, your perspective um, should be to come with a biblical Torah worldview for the three things we talked about feminism, patriarchy, toxic masculinity, and homosexuality. Questions on that? You good? Yeah. Make sure you put those in the sink. Sure. Off the bit.